right now on Truth Today, Islam rising in the last days. We're going to be discussing Islamic Jihad in Fargo, North Dakota. Also, can the Antichrist be Islamic? We're going to be talking about the persecution of Christians at the hands of Islam growing. That and much more right now on Truth Today. Well, good morning on the uh, West Coast and good afternoon on the East Coast. This is Pastor Sharam Hadeen with Truth and Love Ministry, welcoming you to our Truth Today show, our two times a week show that we do, uh, where we're going to commit and we continue to commit to being truth tellers on all issues, particularly what the Bible has addressed. We're going to bring that biblical worldview uh, to our modern day and make sure that we equip believers to stand and to fulfill the work of the ministry. Uh, I want to encourage you, uh, before we get into our show, please visit our website, tilministry.com, tilministry.com. Sign up for our email newsletter. Check out all of our content, and especially check out our events calendar. Also, go to our Rumble page, rumble.com slash sharamhadian, rumble.com slash sharamhadian. Please, three things we ask you to do. Subscribe, like, and share. And then if you'd like to do an MP3, we are um, putting all of our shows on MP3 format, Truth Today with Sharam Hadian. Just search Truth Today with Sharam Hadian on all of those platforms to find our show, and you can listen to it in the car, uh, on your um, iPad or uh, whatever computer, whatever technology that today is. I, I was going to say tape recorder, but that is like majorly aging me. All right, uh, we have a, a show that I want to cover today that is getting into the aspect of my background as a former Muslim. You know, uh, when I started traveling and speaking back around 2010 or so, uh, I was running for um, state legislature in the state of Washington, and the Lord opened doors for me to begin to travel and speak about my background because at the time we had a Muslim president named Barack Hussein Obama who was in the White House, and a lot of people were beginning to become more curious about Islam. And as I began to travel, it began to grow and grow and grow. And by 2013, 2014, our ministry had become national and then became became international. Uh, And really at the height of uh, our ministry on the subject of Islam, 2017, 2018, we were getting, um, boy, we were getting so much opposition uh, where to the point where we had death threats and we had uh, events canceled. By the left, we had um, um, heavily armed Muslims, uh, a Muslim man come to our conference in South Dakota uh, with five weapons and multiple events, as I mentioned, canceled and, and, and just dozens of death threats and letters. Anyway, all of that stuff was at the height of it. And then something happened that was COVID. The, the, the pandemic and the bioweapon release and all the plans of the, of the Great Reset and the globalist agenda, that kind of put Islam on the back burner. And as I've taught on Islam and I continue to travel, I try to have a balanced approach. And the balanced approach is, number one, we need to pray for Muslims. We need to pray that they would receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. That they would that the Holy Spirit would work in their hearts as he is working right now in many parts of the world, including my birth country of Iran, where numerically speaking, it is the fastest growing church on the planet because there is a great 
rejection of Islam by the Iranian or Persian people who are then embracing and open to the gospel. And Muslims are coming to Christ in incredible numbers. In fact, it's the greatest outreach to Muslims in history since the birth of Islam. But at the same time, there is an incredible, incredible persecution. In fact, Christians are right now in the worst persecution in church history. And we know that when Christians are persecuted, Christ will be exalted. Amen? So God uses persecution. He brings about persecution to do what? To refine and purify the bride of Christ and to hone in the gospel message. So while we have a heart for Muslims and we ought to have a Christ-like heart for Muslims because like me, 24 years ago before I accepted Christ, I was headed to hell. That's the reality that I'm still facing an eternity in hell apart from Christ. And despite what many are, are, are talking about today, Muslims do not worship the same God. Islam is not Abrahamic. Allah is not the God of the Bible. Let me say that one more time. Allah is not the God of the Bible. No, sir, he is not. This is a false God. But at the same time, our ministry had to be, had to be focused on exposing Islam. And that's why as part of this show, we seek to expose Islam, what Islam is. So the exposing part of our ministry, again, the work that we're doing is to uh, to, to unravel the lies. Oh, Islam is peaceful. Islam is tolerant. Muslims just want to cohabitate and coexist with all people. Um, uh, Muhammad was a peaceful prophet. Uh, uh, the religion is, 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 is being maligned and Islamophobia and all. So we had to expose the Muslim Brotherhood and the work of Islam in the West. Because to understand Islam... Well, let me say it this way. You cannot, as I've said many times, understand Islam until you understand that Islam operates in two houses. It operates in a duality. The abrogation, the early verses of the Quran, right here, this book, this evil book, the early verses of the Quran and the latter verses of the Quran. Well, which one is it, Sharam? Should I follow the early verses, which were more tolerant, or should I follow the latter verses that calls for war against Christians and Jews and all unbelievers? Well, the answer is both, because Islam operates in two houses. The two houses of Islam are the following, Dar al-Harb and Dar al-Islam. Dar al-Harb on the screen means the house of war, and Dar al-Islam means the house of surrender. So when they're in the lower house, Dar al-Harb, they're at a state of warfare. And warfare has many facets, including deception. And once they believe that they have power, it doesn't even mean population, but power, then they transition and declare they're in the upper house. And once they declare they're in the upper house, now they must mandate their law. Here's a book, right? I've covered this before, called Sharia. The Reliance of the Traveler, the third most authoritative book on Islamic law 
outside of the Quran and outside of the Sunnah, which means the tradition of the Prophet of Islam, Muhammad. And so our ministry must do both. And I continue to travel. In fact, I'm going to be in Minnesota next month speaking to a church that has asked me to come in. And I can already tell by the conversations with the pastors that we're going to have some differences, but that's okay. Because if they're willing to let me come in and to bring the truth in love, then all I can pray is that the Holy Spirit would then uh, poke their hearts. Because from what I've heard, they've brought some speakers in that have then deceived or, or misled or led them into a different direction, like believing that Islam is Abrahamic. We had a good conversation about that, and I look forward to the opportunity to be in that church and to be able to talk about how, why, all the reasons why Islam is not Abrahamic and that we should not engage in interfaith and multi-faith and all those things. Because their hearts are to reach the Muslims in their community for Christ. Amen. And that's my heart too. But at the same time, they have to understand that Minneapolis has already gone to the upper house, the Dar al-Dharal Islam. And uh, Michigan in, in Dearborn and Hamtramck already gone to Dar al-Islam. Remember we talked about how in Hamtramck they banned the pride flags. Why are the Muslims now turning on the LGBTQ plus A? Why are they turning on the trans? Because Islam is showing its true colors. Islam is showing what Islam is. And unless we understand, listen, we can be nice to Muslims and we can pray for Muslims and we can love on Muslims and, and, and prayerfully, boldly share the gospel with them and yet still understand what Islam is so that we're not deceived by it or by those who are perpetrating a lie. Like Islam is a religion of peace that we heard over and over and over and over again since 9-11. Why can't we do both? Why can't we operate with the heart of Christ towards an individual Muslim, yet expose the ideology? I'm not giving conjecture. I go to the sources, folks. I go to the sources. In fact, I have a good friend of mine who's a former FBI uh, agent analyst, Dr. William Gothrop, and he wrote a book called The Criminal Investigator's uh, Intelligence Analysis Handbook of Islam. And all he does here is cite and source Islamic text. That's all he does. This is not his opinion. This is the uh, encapsulation of Islamic sources. And that's what we should be doing as Christians. When I was a police officer and I, was, and I used to do law enforcement training, I would do uh, a, a full day law enforcement training on the Islamic threat, on jihad, on what jihad is and isn't. What, 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 what the law, jihad is just an internal struggle. That's a lie. It's both internal and external. You want to understand it properly? Yes, there's an internal struggle, but there's also an external struggle. An external struggle is against non-Muslims in order to what? Subjugate them. In order for Islam to take over. And as I say in my brand new presentation, One World Religion Rising that is coming out, uh, we should have it at the end of this month in hand and then start shipping them. So if you want to get your pre-order, please go to our website, get the pre-order, uh, sign up under our order tab. And in that presentation, I go through why Islam is not Abrahamic. I go through how the fact that Islam is going to be at the center of the one world religion. And as I'll be talking about here today a little bit, why possibly the Antichrist may come out of Islam. 
But you have to understand what jihad is. I'm going to read to you a definition of the word jihad from this authoritative book on Sharia law. And this is not, again, my opinion. This is directly out of this Islamic book, The Reliance of the Traveler, a classic manual of Islamic sacred law, otherwise known as Sharia, the path or the way. That's what uh, Sharia is. It's Sharia Allah, the path or the way of Allah. We say Sharia law because it is legal, but it's actually Sharia law. And here's the definition of jihad. Jihad means to war against non-Muslims, and is etymologically derived from the word mujahada, which is where we get the word mujahideen, signifying warfare to establish the religion, meaning Islam. Now it says, and it is the lesser jihad. As for the greater jihad, it is spiritual warfare against the lower self. So as I just said, there is an internal struggle of jihad. The higher call of the Muslim is to war against the flesh. Okay, well, we can kind of relate because the same concept is true in Christianity. In fact, Christianity got it first, which is to war against the flesh. But there is a lesser jihad which will end. The reason it's lesser is because the lesser jihad will end when they claim Jesus will come back as a prophet to usher in their Messiah, the Mahdi, M-A-H-D-I, Imam Mahdi. And they, in this book, cite Islamic text. Fighting is prescribed for you. Surah chapter 2, 216. That's in the Quran. Slay them wherever you find them. Quran 489. Fight the idolaters utterly. Surah 9, 36 in the Quran. I've been commanded to fight people until they testify that there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah and perform the prayer and pay zakat. If they say it, they have saved their blood and possessions from me except for the rights of Islam over them and their final reckoning is with Allah. So when they're in the lower house, they must fight and, and do whatever they can to get to the point where they, they can declare the upper house. When they declare the upper house, then they're going to declare jihad, meaning that they now uh, are openly, in the lower house, they wage jihad secretly. In the upper house, they wage jihad publicly. Does that make sense? So in, the, in Dar al-Harb, they wage jihad in that less lower house, right, they wage jihad through uh, deception, through deception of appearance, their tongue, their agenda. In the Dar al-Islam, they're now obligated to openly uh, declare jihad and declare the subjugation. Because once you declare jihad, then it says in um, uh, uh, section 09.1 of this book, Jihad is a communal obligation, meaning all Muslims must wage jihad. All Muslims must wage jihad. It's obligatory. And the goal of jihad is to subjugate. The objective of jihad is, it says here, the caliph makes war upon Jews, Christians, and Zoroastrians, but he must first invite them to enter Islam in faith and practice. And if they will not, then invite them to enter the social order of Islam by paying the non-Muslim poll tax, which is called the jizya, which is the significance of their paying it, not the money itself. Until they become Muslim, or else they pay the non-Muslim poll tax. If that does not happen, then Muslims are commanded to fight 
those who do not believe in Allah and the last day and who forbid not what Allah and his messenger are forbidden. So, this is where we're at, folks. And so today I want to bring a story to you. Um, by the way, normally I start with the Bible. And so let me just go to a, a, a verse for you in, in, in the book of 1 John. And I've covered this before because I've covered the fact that Islam is not of the same spirit of God. It cannot be. And so in um, 2 John, did I say 1 John? Sorry, 2 John. Let me get to uh, 2 John. It's only one chapter in verse 7. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. So what does Islam teach? That Jesus is not the Christ, meaning he's not the Messiah, he's not the anointed one, and that he did not come in the flesh, meaning God did not come in the flesh. They don't deny that he was not born as a person, but they deny that he was God in the flesh. So the verse is telling us this is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. So this is telling you that Islam is an antichrist spirit. Because if the Islam denies the Father, the Son, by the way, 1 John chapter 4. Let me go to 1 John chapter 4 and I'll come back to 2 John. It says here, um, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. And then in 1 John chapter 2, it's talking about deception in the last hour. Could that be pertinent to us? Are we in the last hours? Last minutes? Thursday, I'm going to be doing a show. Elisa, we have the image for that. We'll kind of do a little precursor. Thursday, I'm going to be doing a prophecy alert show called The Last Minutes of the End Times. Not just even the last hours. We're in the last minutes of the end times. It's, it's so ticking down. Remember, folks, that these shows are pre-recorded. Because uh, this week I'm in Florida with my son who had gone to dis a discipleship camp down there. A discipleship school, I should say, not camp. He's 18 years old, but a school. And um, so I'm going to be in Florida and I'll be back. So today's show is pre-recorded, and Thursday's show will be pre-recorded. But that was a little teaser for Thursday's show. So make sure you tune in. And here it says, who is the liar? Verse 22 of chapter, 1 John 2. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. So Islam, in its prayers, denies that God, their God is a father or a son. Islam denies that Jesus of the Bible is the true Jesus and is the Son of God and is God in the flesh. Islam denies that Jesus was ever even crucified nor resurrected. How much better can Islam fit the bill of an antichrist spirit? And again, in 2 John, where it says, 
Then look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we work for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Wow. So this show today is called Islam Rising in the Last Days. Because as I've warned for the last 13 years, we are seeing a rising of Islam. And I believe we have a DVD, in fact, called Islam and God's Judgment in the Last Days. Because I believe that Islam is a part of God's judgment, that God is using Islam as an instrument of judgment upon the West. The West that was born into a Judeo-Christian foundation, America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Western Europe, they were born into their heritage was a Judeo-Christian foundation. And they have forsaken that foundation of Christ, of the Bible, of the Old Testament, of the Ten Commandments. And as part of the judgment in these last days, God is turning them over to Islam and is allowing Islam to take over like in Minnesota, like in Michigan, like in America, like in France. Remember we did our, go back a couple weeks, we did our chaos in France show. The Islamic uprising and the engineered collapse of France. France is on the verge of martial law. And that's engineered. And as I said in that show, the globalists are using Muslims as their foot soldiers. All right, let's get into these headlines. This is so grieving. I just talked to a, a good friend of mine who her husband uh, was a police officer in Fargo, North Dakota. I'm actually probably going to be in Fargo possibly later uh, in September or October of this year. And so let's go to the first article that you just went to, Elias. Uh, Fargo, North Dakota. Go ahead, bring this up. Muslim opens fire on officers working on a traffic crash, murdering one officer and one, wounding two, off, two others. So here's the backstory. Um, officers were responding to a traffic accident, a crash, a routine car crash on 25th Street South and 9th Avenue South in Fargo. Now, as a former police officer, I can tell you that if we're running code to a traffic uh, accident, your focus is on the traffic accident. Your focus is on the people that are hurt. The last thing you're thinking when you go to a traffic accident is that someone's going to start shooting at you. But that's exactly what happened. Um... That's when the suspect and most media outlets are not saying his Muslim name, Muhammad Barakat, 37, opened fire on them. Three officers were struck by gunfire. Their names were Jake Wallen, Andrew Dotis. Yes, bring this up, please, Elias, go ahead. And Taylor Hawes and Officer Zach Robinson. So keep this up for a second. So on the left of your screen there, Officer Jake Wallen, you see end of watch. He was three months out of the academy. He was on field training. I know what that's like. And he was murdered. Then Officer Andrew Dotis and Officer Tyler, Officer Andrew Dotis was one of the training officers. Officer Tyler Hawes was also from, uh, on FTO from the academy. They were both 
critically injured and are in critical condition. And then Officer Zach Robinson, who also was a field training officer, was the one who engaged the suspect and killed him. One civilian was also hurt. So I, I pray that you would pray for these officers and their families. This Officer Wallen, 23 years old, and he was um, from Minnesota. Folks in Minnesota, um, I'll, I'll get to that part in a minute uh, to find out where he was from. So let's go to the second article. Was what? Well, of course, you know, law enforcement can't figure out the motivation, right? We don't know what the motivation is. Oh, and the oh, by the way, the FBI is 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 is, is investigating. Like the FBI is going to ever come out and say this was an inspired ambush. And so I talked to a friend of mine whose husband was a career Fargo police officer. In fact, um, he knows officers in that department that he trained. And he talked to some officers that he knew who are telling you what this article says. Go ahead and bring this up from Jihad Watch. Was there, a, was there just a jihad terror attack in Fargo, North Dakota? And the answer is absolutely yes. Except Police Chief David Zabolski, who I was told was woke, was a woke officer, um, says we don't know the motivation. But a witness, according to the Associated Press, said Barakat appeared to have ambushed officers. He was standing behind a car that was parked in the parking lot of a bank near the scene of the crash, and he quickly opened fire on the police officers from about 20 feet away. The witness added, he was holding up the trunk of the car with its arm, and then I see the gun come up, and he set, sets it on his shoulder and just pointed directly at an officer in front of them. It was like 10 shots right away. When, when he began shooting, uh, go ahead and come back to me, please. Uh, the police were busy with the traffic accident and weren't even looking in his direction. But they quickly began to return fire. I saw them firing at each other both at once. As soon as the shooter took a break, the cop came walking towards him, letting off round after round. There was already an officer down and a family hiding just on the other side of the vehicle next to the shooter. Of course, the Zabolski, the chief, says, we're puzzled. The first thing we always want to know in a situation like this is why. Why would someone do this? What happened? And, you know, why would this happen in Fargo, North Dakota? Because Fargo, North Dakota, folks, just like Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we were attacked at our uh, conference of 500 people, Christians, children, women. There was two legislators there at that conference. A heavily armed Muslim man from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, comes in. Why? Because of all of these unvetted refugees that they're bringing in, particularly into Minnesota, the borders north and south Dakota, and then they're going and working um, at hospitals and they're working at meatpacking plants and, and anywhere uh, like in Twin Falls, Idaho, at Chobani yogurt. I do not buy Chobani yogurt. I do not support Chobani yogurt. You want to support uh, money going into the coffers of the jihadists? Support Chobani. I will not buy Chobani yogurt. Um, that may be a surprise to some of you. So the FBI has been called in. You think this FBI? Are you kidding me? This FBI that in 2000 and 
18, I believe it was, when Pamela Geller was holding an event in Garland, Texas, and they knew days before that two Muslims were going to come and shoot up that event. They did not warn Pamela Geller. They did not warn her security. They let it happen. And thank God she had great security that took out those two Muslims who came fully armored with, with multiple uh, uh, high-capacity rifles and weapons, body armor, to murder people in that conference. And thank God she had a SWAT team she had hired on her own dime. Forget about the FBI folks. Um, you know, they're more interested in domestic terrorists like us, parents of school board meetings and Catholics uh, and pro-life people than they are at stopping the trans uh, terrorism that we see like in Nashville or the Muslim terrorism that we just witnessed in uh, Sioux Falls. Um, and so there's no doubt that, he, that, that this guy was a Muslim. There's no doubt that there should be no doubt that this was an ambush. And there may even be some evidence that the accident was staged or that he intentionally ran into somebody so that there will be a police response. That's what an ambush is, right? There was intentionality so there'd be a police response. Um, it's sickening. And if you want to understand jihad, by the way, and you want to understand the rising of Islam, I want to give you a website to go to. Let's bring this up, thereligionofpeace.com. Not that one. Thereligionofpeace.com. Do you have that website? Uh, no, I see it there. Go to the left. Uh, no, down, Elias. No, 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 slow down. Go to the right, please. Keep going, keep going. And a uh, couple more, three more, right there. So uh, this is uh, a website that I've referenced before, thereligionofpeace.com. This is not promoting Islam as a religion of peace. It's exposing it as a religion of war. And so every uh, month they have a jihad report. So in the month of June, for example, there was 161 attacks, 789 killed, uh, 1,617 injured in 22 countries. They go through example after example of uh, Muslims attacking non-Muslims and persecution. And then uh, speaking of persecution, if you truly want to know, I'm going to show you a map in a minute from an organization called Open Doors that tracks the persecution of Christians worldwide. And this is why uh, I have a DVD on our website called War on Christians. I encourage you if you get a copy of it, War on Christians. But um, uh, Open Doors tracks, let me go to, um, where did I put that one? Uh, right here. Uh, so let's bring this up. This map that they update every year has the top 50 countries on the planet that are persecuting and killing Christians. Persecution, rape, jail, and killing. And they rank them, the top 50. And let me just go through the top 10 for you. Of the top 10, you have North Korea is number one. Actually, go, can you go back to the map for a second, please, Elias? Uh, you see on the screen there, I don't know if you can see it, North Korea is number one. Um, and that's because they're an atheistic nation. But 
once you get past North Korea, in the top 10, every other nation is a Muslim country. Number two, Somalia. Number three, Yemen. Number four, Eritrea. That's in uh, Africa. Number five, Libya. Number six, Nigeria. Number seven, Pakistan. Number eight, Iran. Number nine, Afghanistan. Number 10, Sudan. The number 11 on the list is India. You go, why, why would India? Because India now has a growing Muslim population around 13 to 15%. So persecution is not just of Christians, but of Hindus and Sikhs and other uh, religions. Then number uh, 12, Syria. 13, Saudi Arabia. 14, Myanmar. Maldives. Then China is on the list. Mali, Iraq. So usually of the uh, top 10, usually eight to nine are Muslim. As I said, in this case, nine out of the top 10 are Islamic nations governed by Islam. And then of the top 50, you have something like 36 to 38 usually that are Islamic nations. And that's exactly what it was. I believe it's 36 out of 50 at least are Islamic nations. And particularly you have, of course, the Middle East, you have uh, North Africa, uh, and you have countries like Indonesia, Malaysia, Brunei. But then you also have, um, as I said, India with a growing population, and you have Central Asia, Kazakhstan on the list, Uzbekistan on the list, Turkmenistan on the list, Tajikistan on the list. Those are all nations now that are Muslim-majority nations. That was former Soviet Union. Remember that? Turkey, of course, is on the list. Iraq, 18. Algeria, 19. Uh, Niger. Bur Burkina Faso. Uh, Central African Republic, the Congo. Mozambique. Ethiopia. Uh, Tunisia. Morocco. So it just goes on and on and on. And so, folks... Islam is rising. And these nations, the reason you see an increase in persecution is because these nations are becoming more fundamentally Islam. They're going from being more secularly Islam to now fundamentally being Islam or even being governed by Sharia like Iran is now and has been for the last 45 years since the 1979 coup. And so I want to give you some headlines so that you see this bear out. Um, let's go to Jihad Watch, Elias. First one, Afghanistan. Christians face, nope, go on the left there. They're not those ones. Um, uh, Christian, uh, no, keep going to the right, please. You, you ha uh, we have to make sure we get the uh, label at the top so you know which one it is. Okay, there we go. Bring that one up. Afghanistan, Christians face Regular raids on their homes, frequency receive, frequently receive threats, and lack access to education in the country of Afghanistan. That is now being governed really by China since the so-called failed withdrawal, which was intentional in my opinion. Uh, and though they claim the Taliban are running things, no, it's actually um, the China allowing the Muslims. Here's another headline. Egypt. Muslim uses bulldozer to murder Christians, says, I hate Christians. I killed him because he is a Christian. You want a motivation? You want to know why the guy attacked police officers in, um, in uh, Fargo, North Dakota? Let me, let me cover that for you. Here's why. In 2000, and um, let me get to this here real quick. Uh, 
where, sorry, I lost my, my spot there. In 2014, the Islamic State, remember ISIS? Uh, this is going back to a Jihad Watch article, which you already had brought up, Elias. Okay, so it says, So'u Muwahid, that means the Muslim community. Do not let this battle pass you wherever you may be. You must strike the soldiers, the patrons, and the troops of uh, the Tawarit. That's the idolaters. Strike their police. Right there. Strike their police, security, and intelligence members, as well as their treacherous agents. Destroy their beds. Embitter their lives for them and busy them with themselves. If you can kill a disbelieving American or European, especially the spiteful and filthy French, or an Australian or a Canadian, or any disbeliever from the disbelievers waging war, including the citizens of the countries that entered into a coalition against the Islamic State, then rely upon Allah and kill him in a manner or way, however it may be. If you're not able to find an IED or a bullet, then single out the disbelieving American, Frenchman, or any of the allies, smash his head with a rock, or slaughter him with a knife, or run him over with your car, or throw him down from a high place, or choke him or poison him. That is from the Islamic State back in 2014. The Islamic State that followed its teaching from the Islamic text. The Islamic State is not radical. The Islamic State is fundamental. So it's telling you what their agenda is. And, and what you need to do is, is, if there was actual law enforcement, they would investigate this Muhammad Barakat in Fargo. They would tie him to the mosque. If they find out that mosque is connected to the Muslim Brotherhood, you have step one, step two. That's why the Muslim Brotherhood must be labeled as a terrorist organization in the United States of America. I don't think it'll ever happen again. We were hopeful under Trump, Trump but anyway. So let's go to another headline uh, from Jihad Watch. The other one on Nigeria. There should be another one there. Um, uh, did you not... Get the, okay, that's okay. I'll, I'll just read it out here. Uh, Nigeria, despite ongoing terror alerts, authorities stand by, by as Muslims murder 35 Christians. Um, indigenous Christian farmers in Plateau State, Nigeria, face a grim choice. Stay home and starve or risk farming and dying. Just yesterday, two women were shot dead while returning from their farm 30 miles southwest of Jos. The tragic incident happened shortly before sunset. These victims are the latest casualties in a string of assaults on local Christian villages that have claimed at least 35 lives since Truth Nigeria issued an early warning of impending attacks in the region on July 4th. So you have to understand, folks, Nigeria is one of the worst right now. I've, I, in my, again, in my DVD, War on Christians, I highlight Nigeria, what's going on there. It is terrible. And um, uh, ni ni remember, Nigeria used to be a Christian nation. Ethiopia used to be a Christian nation. The Sudan used to be a Christian nation. Egypt used to be a Christian nation. Syria, Jordan, Iraq, all these ancient Christian communities. And uh, they are now going to Islam. They've turned to Islam. They've been conquered. Um... And, and then here's another article from Iran, um, because we see that Iran, remember, is number eight on the list, persecuting Christians, but also persecuting non-Christians, particularly women, after what happened to Masa Amini last September. 
Here's a headline, Iran morality police campaign returns to impose Islamic headscarf on women following year of protest. The morality police had largely pulled back following the death of 22-year-old Masa Amini last September, but now in a renewed campaign to force the Islamic headscarf because the hijab is Islamic, folks. It's not cultural, it's not wonderful. Oh, American women wanting to don the hijab, wear a hijab day. No, you're subjugating yourselves, you fools. Uh, Shia Iran is living up to the Sharia with vigor after weathering a year of protest. Um, this is so sad. They've killed so many hundreds of protesters, jailed thousands because the Iranian people have no ability to, to protect themselves. They're disarmed. That's why I keep begging the American population, don't allow yourself to be disarmed. And then one other headline, look at this fool. Uh, remember I talked about the two houses of Islam? And I talked about now in Hamtramck and Maryland and Minnesota uh, and Minneapolis, the Muslim community is not supporting the LGBTQ+++. They're not supporting the trans movement and gender dysphoria. Because why? Because they're, they've gone to the upper house. They're showing their true colors. Islam is rising, folks, in these last days. Remember, remember, our subject tonight is Islam is rising in these last days. It is part of prophecy alert. It is part of what's going on. Uh, but Canada, look at this uh, fool, uh, Trudeau uh, claims Muslims are being influenced to oppose the trans agenda by the far right. And Jen Psaki, the White House representative, said the same thing a few days ago. They're claiming that the left's ethnocentric and contempt for the Muslims they profess to support. They assume they have no agency and cannot think for themselves. Um, they believe now that the far right is influencing Muslims to uh, come against the LGBTQ. Uh, no, that's not what happened, fool Trudeau. What happened is Islam is showing their true colors because Muslim parents in Canada, because they're getting the upper house, are opposing their children being taught about gender identity in public schools. And this is the way they try to justify it. No, it's not the, it's not the far right, Mr. Trudeau. It's just Islam. That is Islam. That's the Islam's upper house. And you're a fool. Um, and then finally, uh, speaking, uh, well, uh, we'll get to this in our next show because I'm going to talk about Hezbollah and, and, and what's going on in Israel, but I want to talk about that in the aspect of Bible prophecy. So um, listen, let me just come back to this again. As I've said at the beginning, our ministry is in a difficult position. This is why we need your support because um, we must expose Islam and we must continue to equip Christians to be bold and evangelize the Muslims like we see in Iran and other places where many, many, many millions of Muslims are coming to Christ, particularly Persian Muslims, Iranian Muslims. But folks, um, because of all of the globalist agenda, uh, people just don't have the appetite. We gotta pray that they will have the appetite to engage Islam again. They've given up. The church has given up because the churches are engaged now in the one world religion deception of interfaith and multi-faith and all these things. So we need your, your support to stay on the air. We need your support to travel. We need your support to keep producing DVDs and get these messages out. So will you prayerfully go to our website, tillministry.com donate, and will you prayerfully consider a one-time charitable donation 
We are so grateful for all those who do step out in faith and support this ministry and, and pray for us. Um, and if you'd like to mail in a check and don't want to do it online, here's the address. It is um, P.O. Box 4523. You'll see on the bottom of your screen there, P.O. Box 4523, uh, Maryville, Tennessee, 37802. Please make checks out the Truth and Love or Truth and Love Ministry. This is our support page on our website. And also on that page, it gives you instructions where if you want to go further and join us on a monthly basis and commit to a monthly amount and pray for us, please consider prayerfully joining our Gideon Army of 300, where we believe that Lord is going to raise up 300 people to support this ministry. Um, that's all we need, folks. We need 300 people to support this ministry to keep us going with all the expenses that we have, including our live stream. So if you're blessed, if you're equipped, if you're educated, if you're going to stand, uh, please consider supporting us uh, prayerfully. We, we are so grateful for that. I want to encourage you to check out our events calendar again on our website, tilministry.com, tilministry.com. Please check out our events calendar because next month uh, I'm scheduled to be in, Wisconsin, uh, in Milwaukee area on August 12th for a pro-life uh, conference, Every Life Matters. Then I'm going to be in uh, Minnesota for at least three nights, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the 14th, 15th, 16th of August. That is already on our calendar. Those are already on our, our events calendar. Please check them out if you're in um, either Western Wisconsin is Monday, actually. I said Minnesota. It's Western Wisconsin um, near Wilson, Wisconsin. And then Tuesday, Wednesday in uh, Minnesota. There may be another night that we're looking to do in Minnesota. So anyway, um, please check that out. Check out our, our DVDs. Um, and please remember that we are called to contend for the faith and pray for great boldness in this hour. So as I'm sharing this with you, we are going to continue to equip believers to share the gospel and to make sure that they are sharing it in a biblical manner because the Holy Spirit will not testify to a false gospel, but at the same time, pray the Holy Spirit would open our eyes and expose what is happening. Both are necessary, folks. It's not one or the other. Both are necessary because we're going to speak the truth in love. The two-edged sword of God, truth and love. Both are necessary. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian. I want to thank you for being with us today. God bless you. And remember, Thursday night, we're back with another pre-recorded message uh, you don't want to miss about end-time prophecy. We're in the last minutes, folks, of the last days. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian. Thank you for being with us today. Join us back again on Thursday at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. God bless.